All right. Well, good evening, everybody. Let's uh, bow our heads in prayer real quick before we get started. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just we thank you for your word, Lord. Um, without without it, without you, Lord, we're nothing, Lord. And um, we just we just pray that we're good stewards of your word, Lord, and um, that we communicate it better and, and and just learn from it, Lord, and just uh, get, and just praise you, Lord, for your continued gift to us. In your name, we pray. Amen. All right, well, we're in Judges 6, so if you want to go ahead and get there right now. Um, we are reading about different champions, I like to think of, think of them as, uh, of, uh, of Israel, as they're uh, continuing to fail, showing a, uh, a habit, a pattern of uh, cutting the Lord short, what, what he deserves and not listening to his word. Um, previously, we were, we heard where we were talking about the Israelites where they, deli- they were delivered to the king of Mesopotamia for eight years and then they cried out to the Lord. And then we heard about how they were delivered to the king of Moab for, for 18 years until they cried out to the Lord all because they were disobeying the Lord. They were a- angering the Lord. They were um, going against God's word and you know, we just see this this pattern of going back and forth. You know, okay, now we're going to be good. Okay, you punished us. We're crying out. Now we're going to be good. And then they slowly ba- start to backslide. So we're starting to see, we're, we're seeing this a, a, a nation. I think a lot of us, you know, if you're following the news, we can relate to that. You know, we're not following, we're not looking at our own history, seeing where we're coming from. We're starting to backslide ourselves. You know, we're starting to fall away from God um, as a nation, not necessarily as a church, but uh, you, you, you start to see that. And so you kind you kind of, you know, it's, it's 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 always easy looking back. You know, but you know, how, how does a nation get to that point? So, um, we're going to take a look at that. We're going to take a look at Gideon's story. Um, so, where, where we're at right now, we're going to start at uh, at Gideon, um, excuse me, Judges eleven. But just to bring you up to speed, we're up to eleven. Um, the Israelites are doing evil again, and they were delivered to the ha- hands of the Midianites. Their seeds and crops would be destroyed by the Midianites as far as Gaza or taken so they had to live in the mountains and caves. They did so for seven years until they finally cried out. You know, again, we're seeing, we're seeing the same behavior. And well, it only took them seven years to figure it out this time. But, you know, seven years is, is long enough for me. Um, what we're looking at, though, is a, is a, a group of people, God's chosen people, and this, I think this is just another feather in the hat for proof of God's unconditional love that keeps on uh, going against him, you know, and he's got, they're God's chosen people. And uh, God gives them another chance and gives them another chance and gives them another chance. Um, but I, I think that's just a, just a uh, you know, feather in the hat to God that he he, he loves us. It's a, it's a unconditional love. I mean, there's going to be consequences to our actions. We can't just go run around and and, and uh, be sinning and, and, and expect no retribution because we're God's people. It's there's going to be consequences, and that's why he sent those uh, different nations in to basically, you know, uh, put put Israel in their place. So let's go in and look and read real quick over. Uh, I wanted to look at read uh, six seven real quick, and it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, "Thus says the Lord of Israel, I brought you up from the Egypt and brought you out." of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the, out of the hand of who oppressed you, and drove them out before you and gave you their land. 
Also I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. So he delivered them from Egypt and he, he gave them land and and then he, even after that, before with the previous two um, studies we looked at, he delivered them time and time again from um, from their by bringing them a champion, bring, delivering them from other pe- other nations. Uh, and he says, "I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of Amorites, and gods being the lower KC because they just don't exist; they're not real, right? And and that's what a lot of the the Israeli the Israelites are doing right now. They're 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 taken to some of the, the, the now the new host nation that's that's taken over their land, and they're taking and allowing, um, and even in some in, in Joash's um, instance, he's even erected a, a, um, his own idol of Baal uh, for for the, the area to worship. So that's kind of that's kind of where we're, we're sitting right now with the Israelis. So now Gideon, here we go with Gideon's story. Gideon, I kind of felt like when I was reading about Gideon, I kind of felt like I was you know. We're going to see. We're going to hear about an angel sitting on a tree. I kind of felt like I was sitting on a stone watching this, just shaking my head, like, "Don't do it! Don't do it!" So it, it's it was it was a lot of fun for me. Um, but let's get into it. Uh, Judges eleven or Judges six eleven. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, and was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abizrite, Ab- Ab- while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. Now that, and I know, I know some of the other gentlemen spoke about this a little bit, but that should give you right there a picture of the, the state of the, the, the people, the Israelis, uh, the Israelites. They're hiding when they're trying to do good work. You know, when we hear about the end of days, you know, right becomes wrong and wrong becomes right. You know, he's sitting here trying to do honest work to feed his family and his neighbors or, or whatever, but he's got to hide while doing it because somebody's going to come, steal his, steal his seed, um, destroy it, um, and probably anything else that was, you know, accompanying it. And he's doing it in the mountains. So, and he's in a sorry state. I, you know, I, I imagine when he, you know, uh, threshing wheat. You know, I, I imagine I just got on unloading a bunch of hay for my wife, and it just—I was just explaining to her how it just sticks all over everything. I don't want to wear this jacket because I'll get hay all over it, and I'll be like my son freaking out, like I got a cobweb all over me. Um, and that's the state he's in right now. He's you know he's threshing wheat, and he's got hay all over, and he's in this wine press. And the, you know when you're threshing wheat, it's supposed to the wind's supposed to blow it away, but that's not happening. So I can only imagine his frustration he's going through right now. And uh, someone's sitting under the the tree and says, "The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor." And it almost sounds sarcastic. And uh, you know the marine means like, "Wow, that guy, he he, he really he really want, has it coming." But it sounds like it's almost sarcastic. And sitting in Gideon's shoes, who d- doesn't look and doesn't know who it is or doesn't pay attention to who that is, I am the Lord. Uh, excuse me. The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, O oh my Lord, and, he's using, and we see a lowercase l right there, so he doesn't know who this is. If the Lord, uppercase l, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. The Lord has forsaken us and delivered us to the hands of the Midianites. And that to me, just that, that hit home because how often we, we find ourselves in a bad place 
you know, whether it be finances or work or whatever, and it's everybody else's fault but your own. The Lord didn't put them there. They put themselves there, right? They put themselves there. And, and too often, we, you know, in our own lives, you know, we need to, you know, first take ownership of what's going on in our lives. And then, well, no, first we need to be praying to God. We, are, we, we shouldn't be waiting 7 to 18 years to be praying to God. But pray to God for his assistance, but then, you know, and, and, you know, and own up. Own up to the situation that we're in. So he basically, he says, uh, the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, so the Lord turned to him. So to me, it almost seems like he's showing himself now. Whoever this, this angel is, it doesn't, I, I really can't get that, who exactly that was, but the Lord or this angel, this representation of God or this representative of God, turned to him, go in this might of yours or your strength of yours, and you shall have Israel from the hand of the Midianites, have I, sought, have I not sent you? So he said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. So here Gideon recognizes that this is somebody of significance. This is you know, a representative of God, or this is one of God's angels. Whoever it is, he recognizes who's who's speaking here, whose message this is, and he's humbled. I am the weakest. I am the least in my father's house. All right, he's he's being he, he's showing his humility. And the Lord said to him, "Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man." Then he said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that is, that is you who talk with me. And do not depart from here, I pray, until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come back. So Gideon went in and prepared a young goat, and unleavened bread, from the, an epaph of flour. The meat he put in a basket, and he put the broth in a pot. And he brought them out, to him under the terebinth tree and presented them. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on the rock, or on this rock, and pour out the broth. And he did so. Some of the examples I'm going to go over here with about Gideon, I, I almost feel like I'm revealing my own sinful nature or my own um, slanted view of things. Um, and I, I was, it was, you know, I, you just praying about it, it was, I, I really felt that I have a clear picture of what, what, what the real meaning here is. And um, one of the things that's always caught me about some of the stories that we go with the Bible is some of the, the detail that, that the Lord gives us, real specific details. Like, well, um, when you, we, we talk about when, um, when Jesus was uh, sent the men out, out fishing and he said, throw your nets out onto the uh, right side of the boat. Why, why the right side, not the left side? You know, it's not like there was more fish on the right side as the left side. And if the God, if God really wanted him to just give him fish, he could have given him fish because he's all powerful and he can do anything he wants. But what's the important thing there? It's just simple obedience to to God. That's what that's what pe- pleases God. Um, and the, another example I, I was reading. Excuse me, real quick. 
in uh, John 2.5, when uh, Jesus and his um, mother were in, in the, uh, at, at attending a wedding, it was one of the first things that we see Jesus, one of the first miracles. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this concern you have to do with me? My hour has not come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Obedience, right? Now there was set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 and 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master for the feast. And we all know what, what, what the outcome was. It was wine. I don't even think he needed to put water in them. They, they didn't need to put water in them. But the point was that his servants be obedient to him. And I don't think that if the, if he put the, the the meat down first or the broth down first, or they threw the broth out, only brought you know brought this kind of bread or that kind of bread, I I don't think it mattered. You know, the guy could have just made the rock catch on fire without any of the any of those ingredients. But the point is, the Lord gives us very specific details just to, to demonstrate our obedience because it please it, it pleases Him and. It pleases the Lord when we're obedient to him. And then that, that's basically what Gideon is, do, is doing, is just giving him an example of, you know, showing the Lord that he's obedient and, and is pleasing the Lord. Um, and you, you look in our lives about the times when we, can, we, we could be obedient. And I was reading one, somebody gave an example. Of, if somebody said, that I got a million dollars for you down at the bank, you just got to rock three miles to the bank to get it. And the bank's only two miles, you, so you got to walk three miles. Well, I'll walk the three miles. I'll get my little pace counter. I'll walk the three miles. I'll go pick up the million dollars money in my bank, right? Or let's, let's say a billion dollars. I got to run. I, I got. I just got to walk a hundred miles. All right, ten miles a day. I'll end up mile one hundred. I'll end up at the bank. I'll follow those directions, and I'll get my billion dollars. Well, let me give you another reward and another task. All right. Uh, how about eternity in heaven with with God? which is the, the greater reward. Let me give you a simple task. Love the Lord. Love your neighbor as you love the Lord. It's just simple obedience. We have those specific instructions right here. So that's something I learned right here on, on, on this part. It's just th- those really simple instructions that we sometimes we look over. They're, they're meaningful. They're meaningful to the Lord. It was, I don't need to beat up the which is more important, the order of whatever it's the, whatever order the Lord says it is, because I want to please Him, because He's my master, He's I'm His servant. I just want to serve Him, and that's I think that's where our heart needs to be, and I think that's where that's why the Lord's using Gideon, because like Gideon said, he is uh, what did Gideon say about himself? He is the weakest, and he has the smallest. Basically, he has the smallest army. He's the weakest of his people, right? But what's 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 mightier, you know, the, the size of your of your of your, your person, the size of your army, or you know your your obedience to God? I had another verse down here, but I, I don't, don't have the reference. But another one that hit me was, "But if anyone obeys His word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in Him." pretty simple if we're obedient to the lord that's that's how you know you're with him somebody can say they're a christian they can be going to church but if they're obeying the lord are they obeying the lord 
It's that simple obedience that we need to be doing. That, that simple obedience like Gideon here, that's what we, we need to be paying attention to. All right, so let's pick up on, uh, at, on 21. Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread. And a fire rose out of it, and the rock consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And the angel of the Lord departed out of sight. So, poof, you know, the, the fire rose and poof, the, the, the angel disappeared. I, that, that's why I'm reading it. So if, if, if Gideon wasn't a believer that that was, you know, the voice of God right there, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's got it now. Now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, he was making sure, God, I know it's you, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you, do not fear, you shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace to this day. It is still in Ophrah of the Abizarites. So right now I, I picture Gideon like myself walking out of church for the first time after you know, after I was born again, just on fire. Like, well, I'm a believer and I just got done talking to the Lord and what, what's next, right? But what happens? It happens to all of us. It happens after, after Wednesday. It happens after Sunday. And then we, we start to lose a little bit of motivation. We get wrapped up in daily stuff and come, you know, Wednesday morning and you're, you're chewing on whether or not you're coming to church, right? So, and then we're going to kind of see that with Gideon. Now it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the wooden image that is beside it. Build an altar to the Lord, your God, on top of this rock in proper arrangement and take and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the, of the image which, is, which you shall cut down. So Gideon took ten men from among his servants and did as the Lord said to him. But because he feared his father's household and the men of the city to do, and the men of the city to do much to do it by day, he did it by night. Again, this is another situation where you know little Reggie's sitting on, the, on, a, on a stump somewhere is like, "Why aren't you doing a day? We just got an example of you got to do follow his steps exactly." But you know, Lord didn't really say when, right? But then I started to think about it. You know, if if some average Joe went on the Marine Corps base over there and started sawing down the, the Marine Corps, uh, the, the, Iwo Jima, the Iwo Jima statue in the middle of the day, they wouldn't get very far, right? And, and the, um, oh, what are they called? The, and the Midianites, they, they worship their, their, their god, lowercase g. They worship their god first thing in the morning. So it's almost kind of like he does it at night. It's almost like for effect, wake up, and boom, your, your, your idol's gone. So it's almost, it's even having a more powerful effect. Um, so you, you, I, I kind of had to quell my own desire to be critical of getting on that note. I was like, well, that's is a lot more powerful. And he probably got a lot, he got, he got a lot farther than he would have if he would have started in the middle of the day. So, again, just give me a little insight to my own head. Sorry. All right, so Gideon destroys the altar of Baal. And when the man of the city arose in the morning, there was the altar ball torn down, and the wooden image was beside it. It was cut down, and the second bull was being offered at the altar, which had been built. 
So they said to one another, Who has done this thing? And they had inquired and asked. And they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. Keep in mind, he, he brought ten of his men out there. You didn't say the most loyal men or whatever. It's just ten of his men. That, that rumor or that, that little fact that he did that is getting out. Uh, the men of the city said to Joash, Bring out your son that he may die because he has torn down the altar of Baal and because he has cut down the wooden image that was beside it. But Joash said to, to all who stood against him, Would you plead for Baal? Would you save him? Let the one who would plead for him be put to death by morning. If he is a god, lowercase g, let him plead for himself because his altar has been torn down. So basically what his father's doing is he's saving his son's hide, but his father being an Israelite himself, maybe he's got the, you know, maybe he's being maybe condemned a little bit in, in his own back of his own mind, like, you know, I was wrong to put it up or whatever. I don't know what it was in his mind. But he's protecting his son. And maybe it's just his fatherly instinct. But he said, if, if basically he says, if, if Baal's real and Baal is disappointed with this, let him strike down, let him go after, let him, you know, lay some punishment on my son. That's basically what he's saying. And we all know how that's going to go. Nothing's going to happen because Baal's not real. Let Baal plead against him because he has torn down his altar. Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites, the people of the east, gathered together and they crossed over and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. But the, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and, the, and then he blew a trumpet and the Abizrites gathered behind him. And he sent messengers throughout all the Manasseh, who also gathered behind him. He also sent out messengers to Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtal, and they came up to meet them. So basically, he's got an army now. Oh, I, I skipped a part. Um, in verse 32, they said, Therefore on that day that he called him Jeroboam, saying, Let Baal plead against him. That Jeroboam is an important thing. They call him Jeroboam. Jeroboam means contender, Right? Contender of Baal, basically was what he's being known as. So basically his father said, we're going to call him the contender of Baal. So that way, I'm not, he's basically letting all the people know, I'm not going to let anybody forget that my son did this. That would literally be, that would later be a, I think a point of pride for Gideon to be called Jeroboam because he's known as, well, I, don't, I, don't think, I wouldn't say pride because he was, he was a humble person, but um, he'd be, be he he'll later be known to be, as be the person that tore down the the, the, the symbol of Baal and the the one man that went against this false god. So here Gideon has basically an army, an army massing, and from what we've seen, you know, Gideon's not this you know not this huge man. He's not this man of you know great charisma or anything like that. So where's what does this work? What really what is all these works? Where, where is this coming from? How is this happening? Well, it's happening because God willed it, just like anything. It doesn't take a special recipe for God to make, you know, magic or something happen. It's it's God's will and God's will alone. You know, I, I think about when my my oldest son was little and we were putting furniture together, and you know, he put his little plastic hard hat on, and I was a little plastic hammer. I was like, all right, come help me put this furniture together, and he's helping me, but Dad's putting the furniture together, right? His father's putting the furniture together. That's the same thing with 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 the Lord. We think we're doing something, but really it's the Lord. Whenever it's, it, it's something great in our lives, whenever it's something that, that's, um, whenever it's, it's a miracle like this, whenever it's, it's these great works that are happening, it's, it's all God. 
We're just, we're his son along for the ride. And because we were faithful to him and because we're obedient to him, you know, we get to enjoy his company as we get to watch these miracles happen. So that's just kind of, it's like, um, I think of Zayden and, and Mike went up there playing guitar. They're just up here playing their plastic guitars, right? It's really the Lord leading us in worship, right? I know they put a lot of love and in, in work into those the worship, but you always be thinking about that now, huh? <laughs> so it's the Lord's work. It doesn't matter what, the, how big or small the, the, the feed is or, or, or whatever. Whenever it, it's something good in our lives, we've got to make sure we give all the credit to the Lord. Um, and then that's what we're seeing here. This army is being ma- uh, amassed. And, and, and Gideon's in charge of it, you know, this humble, this humble guy. So Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, look, I shall put a fleece of wool on the threshing of the floor. If there is dew on the fleece only, and it is dry on the ground, then I shall now know that it, that it was you will save Israel by my hand. And as you said, Think of Reggie sitting on the side like, and the plot thickens. Gideon, are you kidding me? You're going to test the Lord? You're going to put the Lord to the test? But I don't think that was the case again. I, think the, I don't think Gideon's faith in God was, was faltering. It's, it's faith in himself. Right? God chose him despite of his own feelings towards himself. Right? Just like when Mike says, hey, Reggie, you're going to teach something. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I said I'd help you do anything, but... I don't know about that, right? He had faith in me. I'm not, I'm not trusting. I'm not, I'm not lacking faith in the Lord. It's, it's I have my own self-doubt, my own sinful nature, right? I don't believe Gideon was testing the Lord. He, he needed reassurance. Because remember, he is the smallest of his tribe. He, is, he had the smallest people. He's untrained, going against a trained, has an untrained army going up against a trained army. And they're outnumbered. I don't know by what, what the numbers were, but they were severely outnumbered. So he's just confirming. I think that's important. I think that's important. Whenever we feel led to do something, I feel led to do something. I'm being convicted to, to do something right now, and I, I'm looking for a sign. God, if this is what you really want to do, here's your last chance to shut the door on me. Just shut it. Just shut it. It'll be easier if you just shut that door. No, it's not. It's gonna, it, you know, it's gonna be a rough road, but that, I, that's what's God. But that's I think Gideon's last last shot for himself to to make this road easier for him. So I, I really think it's his own. Faith, lack of faith in himself, not necessarily the Lord. I could be wrong, though. And it was so, when, the, when he rose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece together, he wrung the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, Do not be angry with me, but let me speak just once more. Let me test, I pray, just one more with the fleece. Let it now be dry, only on the fleece, but on the ground and let, the, let there be just basically said, let the opposite happen. Where it was wet, let it be dry, and where it was dry, let it be wet. And then his spectator rage is doing the why, why, why are you doing this? But again, just like I got butterflies in my stomach before I come up here, he's got the butterflies before he's about to go on the, the battlefield, before he starts committing you know, entire you know, communities towards, towards you know, life and death. That's the situation Gideon's in. And, and if he wasn't, if he wasn't, didn't have faith in God, then God wouldn't allow the miracles to, or the, the victories to happen. And God did so that night. It was dry on the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. 
Gideon was an example, I think, of, of, of just an obedient servant, obedient, humble servant. And I think, and I think, I, I, I pray I can be, you know, half or a fraction of that, you know. And, it, um, and I think that's what we need to be. And, and it's not, and it's okay to ask for confirmation about something. You know, I think last time I talked, I was talking all about, we're all, we're all about prayer and praying for help, praying, asking for help. Prayerful, prayerful, be prayerful. I think it's okay to be prayerful and asking for the Lord's guidance for the confirmation. I don't think it should hold up God's will, but I think, you know, it's important to, um, to, just, to just to look for something that's, you know, just can confirm what you're already thinking. Um, I, I think it's just that's being, being wise. You know, that just shows that you care about God's intentions. You know, and I, I, think, I think that's what I got of Gideon. When I first time I wrote, read it, I was like, well, Gideon really was kind of like a, an ornery, disobedient person. He, he was an Israelite of the times. But, you know, as I got more into it, I was like, well, you know what? He was just being really careful, you know. And he was being obedient, and he was being humble. If, if everyone wants to, ch- before, I, before I wrap it up here, everybody turn with me to um, Psalms 119. Psalms 119, I want everybody to read something with me. Something that just kind of dropped in my lap when I was going through the study that kind of went right along with this. And Psalms 119.33. And this is something I'll probably be studying a lot more in the next week or two. And read along with me. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, your laws, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies, and not to the covetousness. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things, and revive in me your way. Establish your word to your servant who is devoted to fearing you. Turn away my reproach, which I dread, for your judgments are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me in your righteousness. That to me put Gideon into perspective right there for me. I mean, he was just seeking, he just wanted the Lord's will. I mean, he, he had the guy. I wish the Lord would make himself appear right in front of me and disappear after the conversation. It's like, well, I'm going to do whatever he said. But that's not, that's not the time we live in right now. We got to go by faith. That's why the angels are jealous of us and are jealous of our, our faithfulness to the Lord because we do it without those. We got to be obedient to the Lord and be prayerful, prayerful. And just seek guidance. You know, and sometimes it's in prayer and sometimes it's with counsel with, with friends or, or, or the church or, or with you know, the pastor or whatever. But it's, again, just like the last time I was like, it's okay to be asking for confirmation about something. It's okay to talk and, and question your own motives. Sometimes I, 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 I find myself, well, would the Lord have me do this? Yes, he would. I'm really happy about it, but okay. So now I've got to question it because I want to do it. So, there, so now whenever I want to do something, I'm questioning it. But anyways... So that's uh, Gideon. 
And uh, I think Zayden's going to be kind of wrapping up getting us. So I don't want to take any more of his, his, his steam. So let's just uh, bow our heads and just uh, pray. Lord, we, we do just passionately, passionately, with, with every beating of our heart, Lord, we just want your will in our lives, Lord. We have your instructions, Lord. We have your word, Lord. And just help us to be in it, to be in the Bible, and just to, just to be looking for your, your direction, Lord, and, and your directions, Lord, because we just want to be obedient to you. Just help us in the, in the day of, of our Egypt. You know, we're involved in the world every day. Um, help to deliver us out of it, Lord, in our, in our, in our sinful nature, Lord. We just pray for your, to have the heart, your heart, Lord, and just to, to do your bidding, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.